0: Hello everyone, I'm Joseph Roberson and this is King Talk. We welcome you to our unapologetic and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM, and let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. That's King Talk Podcast, one word, on IG. You can also find us on Facebook at King Talk Podcast and on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. Hey, today our special guest, Ryan, I appreciate you showing up again. Ryan McDougal. Did I say it right? You said it right. Thank you, okay, Jesse. okay. Of of many fames, but <laughs> one in particular as it relates to youth sports is the SoCal Warriors. Correct. Right? And um, so I I got to be all in your business in preparation, right? So I saw a post. Yes. It said, and this post is from, I think it was back in May though, right? Blessed to celebrate six years of serving the youth within our, within our community. I just wanted to tell you that struck me. I first liked that you said serving. Mm-hmm. The youth within our within our community has taken hundreds of players, families, and coaches in order to sustain and persevere, truly grateful and thankful for those for those supporting us along the way. I just thought that was a big deal i'm always appreciative of uh people who understand the role of leadership involving service yeah.
1: you know what and, and as you were reading that um if I could have added one word to that, okay, I would have added chosen. To oh, wow. serve, okay. blessed okay. to be chosen, right, right, to serve the youth in our community, and you know the one thing I have in common with you is, um, you know, it it it, it it's worthwhile to reflect on the fact that, you know, we were chosen to take care of children. You know, okay. I, I think that's a noble, um, right, right, thing to be called right. to do. One, and then especially to step up. Okay. And and put forth the effort. I mean, you do it every day here at I try, at I try college. I try, you know? And it's not easy, you know. Yeah. Um it's rewarding, but when when I really look at it, it's a, it's a noble thing to be chosen to do and that's why I think I really can't have much beef with any any man or woman out there that's in this area trying right, to right. help
0: out kids and use sports. As long as you really see it being about service. Right. But there are certain things that um, someone trying to be of service would be demonstrated by. So part of it is attitude. Part of it you wouldn't see a coach taking, um, maybe becoming overly delighted and mm-hmm. destroying the esteem of another team. Like, you know, we, we do play to win. We do play to win. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes, if you see that environment or you see those type of characteristics or behaviors, that's a little bit bothersome. But I hear what you're saying. If someone's trying to help, I never then, want to you know, embarrass the other team. Right. Right. You know, right, yeah. like you said, you you can
1: embarrass a, um, a young kid, a young mind. You can, especially boys, where you know embarrassment's a big thing. You can embarrass yeah, yeah, them away from yeah. the sport for it for good. Right.
0: Right. You know? And there's no need to try to humiliate right. another human. Even this, this is what's so crazy, is if you play long enough, especially at any of uh, travel ball level, even rec league, but especially beyond that, eventually you're going to take a difficult loss. Mm-hmm. However, and, and that's okay because... So I wouldn't have an issue with a coach if the score was, let's say it was even 80 to 25, right? Because in another sense... No, that has to motivate us to work a little harder to be able to contend with them. But there is even a way to deal with that and do that with some level of honor to it where, hey, it's still not meant to embarrass you. Um, we're not going to be overly aggressive and and again, trying to humiliate you. But no, we're playing a game and you don't have to tone down the way your kids are competing. But you also don't have to do things or say things or um, conduct yourself with belligerence, which changes the spirit or tone of it. Something you just mentioned, though, I, I just want to share. When I think of chosen, what's so ironic about you using that word is, with to me, with that, I associate with responsibility. Because when you feel like you're chosen to do something, sometimes the reality is you didn't necessarily really want to do it. You didn't always find it to be this ideal thing to get engaged in. But you realize because the universe chose you to do it, I have no choice but to do it because any time spent or energy spent trying to avoid doing it is not productive anyway. So I might as well take that same energy and just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I might as well just get. So I just appreciated you said that because um, I, I'm not going you know, I'm not really an overly religious person. I am very spiritual in terms of my relationship with the universe, but it kind of um to me, I identify that with this biblical story of Jonah and the whale that, mm-hmm. like, you know, I can't I can't run from my responsibility because there's times I don't want to advocate. There's times I don't want to speak up. But then I can't sit back and be quiet because I know the universe is observing me and I'm shirking my responsibility. And that's sometimes how I feel about coaching. Like, I don't necessarily want to go sit in this gym for six hours. That's going to be hot because you're not going to have AC on and there's 16 games going on. But... That's what I'm supposed to get up and do this weekend because I owe it to these kids and these purpose. young people. Yeah, you know?
1: it's your it's your purpose and yeah. uh and you know, to your earlier point, um when you take an take the loss, you take an L like that where you lose sixty or right. the one the one losing by sixty points or something like that, the one thing that I've learned and hopefully consistently demonstrated is to not Stop to not quit to not right, stop right, coaching. Right, right? I, right. I've you know unfortunately seen the other coaches in the situation taking a a loss, whatever degree, and they shut down. Right, and they right. sit down on the bench. You know, shoulders slumped, head down. Right. You know, aside from the obvious, that doesn't send a good message to the team. It's just you right. know, I, if anything, I I get overly excited and much respect when i see a coach coaching hard right and putting effort and passion into it when he's getting his butt whooped right like i everyone should respect that you right. know right. where where it sends, it just sends a message you know it's regardless of the score in the game where if you take in a tough loss you don't quit you don't stop coaching it's you know um like we were talking about before we started you know with our sons and um, history's funny where it has a way of repeating itself. Right. And you, you know, I can tell you with my two older boys, I see, you know, me and my brother, you know, going through almost the same stuff little Beavis and Butthead going on and okay. little mistakes and this and that and history repeating themselves.
0: And what's the age difference with the two, with the two uh, older ones?
1: Yeah, the same as me and my brother, like, uh, Two years or something. Okay, that's close. Yeah, okay, Beavis and Butthead. Right, Beavis and Butthead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, the one, I guess the one thing that the message I've received is that if I want the story to end well, you know, I have to demonstrate the behavior myself today. Right. um, Because if it truly will repeat itself, um, they need, I need to lead by example. And if I want them to grow up to be good men and righteous right, right. then I need to start
0: right. living that way consistently now. Right. <laughs> you, you, know? you have to. It's not gonna right. you're not going you to, to magically arrive at that destination no, outside of you minimally, minimally demonstrating to them that you value it through your behaviors and not just your words.
1: Yeah. And they'll they'll call
0: me on it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. you're you're a man of faith that? Why
1: are you getting angry? Why are you yelling? You oh, know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're
0: right. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, so ironic you mentioned that is that was the cynicism that drove me away from organized religion. Right. And that being said, I, after time, I began to realize that faith is is exactly that. It's, hey, I have faith in this despite mm-hmm. seeing these behaviors. And at the same time, some of that level of uh, do as I say, not as I do, and observing someone who's Hypocrisy, so right, right, right. Just just being around people so indoctrinated but with belief but not conducting themselves that way but demanding that of me, it became overwhelming mm-hmm. to my spirit mm-hmm. where um, you know, that's why at this point I believe more of faith involves, you know, you and your relationship with the universe. And and I do think it's still important to have association with people yeah. um of like mind, but I don't think that necessarily has to be done in that building under this affiliation or or else you know mm-hmm. hey that being said um so one of the things we didn't get to talk about before and I appreciate you coming back because that was validating for me if you didn't take Always. if you didn't take our call this time I was <laughs> going to know like okay that that's an indication of something right so I appreciate I stay in that. the valley your journey before we did, I wanted to hear more about that because again it's it's no different part of it is the athletics, but I always had this message I'm preaching on our prog- podcast about the greater purpose of athletics. Mm-hmm. And so again, being of service in youth athletics, but in, in the end, it seems like your message is to be of service to the community and to help. And you had started talking to us about your journeys abroad. Yeah. Is it okay if we go back of there, course, yeah. if we go back there. For sure. Can you, can we trace back the journeys yeah, and yeah. where you've been and what you were doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Specific to the most recent trip uh, to Sri Lanka, and um, I was there um, just a couple weeks before the the. It turned out a couple weeks when I got back, the terrorists, the bombing of the churches happened. Oh, okay. Just two okay. weeks after I came back. Wow. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I actually taught some boys. Uh, instructed some basketball when I was there. Believe it or not. Um, but yeah. So a friend of mine. His brother went into a coma. Um, he has since passed, right? Okay, but okay. Uh, he went into a coma. He wanted to rush to his brother's aid. Um, is it okay if we say rest in peace? Is that, a, oh, is that acceptable? Yeah, okay, yeah, rest, yeah. Okay. Rest in peace, of okay, course, bless, always. Okay,
0: bless him, bless him. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, um, so, long story kind of short, I said, okay, let's go. Um, and so we flew, you know, 23 hours or whatever to get to his uh, homeland where he's from to meet up uh, with his family that was there supporting his brother Mm. in the hospital. So I stayed with a family member of his there, um, got to see what it was really like in this country, beautiful people, Um, you know, their greatest export is hospitality. I mean, they're Mm. just wonderful people. So every day kind of consisted of going to the hospital in the morning. We you know, they want they had all these trips planned to show me around Sri Lanka and stuff like that. Right. And that didn't really appeal to me and make okay. sense at the time. It was just,
0: you know, and the context of the moment.
1: Huh? Right, right, of course. I got you. I got you. And uh, you know, so what we did was went to the hospital every morning uh bright and early to beat the traffic cuz on this Hold on, so they
0: do have traffic. Man,
1: on this little island uh south of India, there's like twenty five million people living on this island. Yeah. So it yeah, definitely traffic. Uh Colombo where you heard of the bombings maybe happening okay, right, right, back right. on Easter. Um that's where the hospital was at. Uh the general
0: hospital. Free healthcare there by the way. That's a blessing. huh yeah. That's a blessing. It is. And Hey by the way, when you said twenty five million people, no, that car that got Grace's attention. Grace we heard, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah
1: yeah, and so um so yeah, we went there every morning and you know, no agenda really right, um right. other than just uh you know, what came to me was just to pray um and be supportive however I could to the family. Um after a few days, uh 'cause I was there for thirteen days, after a few days he came out of the coma. He was moved from the ICU Uh, to a different floor, where it was kind of like under surveillance, but not ICU, kind of in between, Um, you know, while he was, uh, while he was there, so he was there for, uh, in a coma because he had, he had a blood clot in his brain, so they cut that open, cleaned that out, and then when they did that, there was complications, they had to do a heart surgery, then when they moved him upstairs to the other room, he had they he had a hole or he had the tube going down his mouth like to a trachea to eat.
0: or something of that nature. And
1: they made the right call where then they put a hole in his throat so he could breathe okay. and feed through the so you know, all these different wow. so I got to witness all these things. Um and uh and so he survived. Um and so we were there every morning. Uh and then um, wow. he eventually was able to go back home and then when I had flown back uh, and was here for I don't know maybe a month or two back uh, then you know they sent me notice of um, of his passing and you know pictures from the funeral there that's one part of the trip while I was there maybe like a week in the, the house of the family I was staying with They, they're like, they have no kids of their own, but they're like foster parents to like everyone in the community. They have all these kids and stuff that stay with them and they treat them like they're their children. So one of these kids, uh, committed suicide. Wow. And so, um, the other place that we ended up going to most of the time, so like when someone dies there, uh, in this case with the suicide, it's like a week long, um, Funeral type of thing Okay. So like they had somebody's house They used as a location Um, They didn't have the body There the whole time Because there was some dispute Over how he died And he was a troublesome youth He was 17 Um, What happened was uh, I guess he had always been Getting in trouble but what happened Was like something He stole a dog or something like that and in Sri Lanka, you know, they're kind of old school where they take care of the problems kind of themselves. They handle problems themselves. So right. they found out he stole the dog, and like people in the neighborhood or in the community, they they beat him up, you know, uh, to kind of teach him a lesson or something like that. And then not too long after that, um, you know, who knows why? Maybe the the guilt or a shame that came with it, whatever. Right. He ended up then uh, then killing himself. Wow. Uh. Yeah, and so, you know, there I am, uh, you know, at the funeral place with his, like, mom, for example, they're serving everyone food, a woman I hardly know, a language I don't know. But, you know, one thing that's universal is, you know, hand-holding and, right, right. like, putting your arm around a person Right. and, you know, like, praying for this woman to get some rest or sleep because it yeah. looked like she had, she had been up for
0: a long time. Like, her spirit was tormented by the death of her child.
1: Yeah, and she just, you know, she, the one thing that just came to me was she, this woman needed some rest or some sleep, yeah, just yeah. one night's sleep, just for sanity. Yeah. And then the father uh, was, like, you know, an alcoholic and... um. He had been drinking the whole time, but me and the man that I stayed with had one moment, he wanted me to come with him one morning to go over there to visit him. He wanted to talk to him in the morning while he was sober, you know, to get his right message. before he began
0: drinking. To okay. get his message gotcha.
1: across to this man, gotcha. whatever it was. Like I said, I don't know the language. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, I was there in the car, but um, he was, uh, he, you know, he wasn't drunk and they had a discussion. And you know he was brutally honest with the man and told him some things, and it, the message got through. Um, and hopefully some type of little moment right, of clarity. Right, but, right. but I was able to observe this man in another country. He was—he's kind of the the man that I stayed with every day. All he did was went to different pockets throughout his community and was kind of like the go-to responsible guy okay you know and i was i just rode shotgun like the whole trip you know with with a guy like that this was the guy that every morning he drove us to the hospital he would go around the back way knew the people at the hospital to get them to open up the doors earlier you know wow like like no matter where we went um he was you know he was the one that uh took care of some of the expenses with the food during the the funeral service like he was just just that guy, and
0: understood his responsibility to the community
1: and it's his hometown, yeah, you know where yeah. it's this hometown where him and his wife grew up right um in this uh city called ragama okay and he never left, you know he takes care of everyone yeah. to the
0: best of his ability and that's amazing and especially living conversely in a society where you know, and I don't know the greater uh, context of the culture there, but here where there's such a, you know, and I get it and understand why at some points, but you know, there's such a selfishness sometimes with an um, overwhelming concern for only our own interests versus understanding again that theme of being of service to the community and um, and really giving back. One of the things I appreciate, I just heard you say, I was having this discussion with some students earlier. It's this wonderful interpersonal skill that sometimes we don't value as much as we should called empathy. And one of the things you just expressed about even this mom is like, I didn't know this person. I couldn't really communicate in terms of language acquisition, but you were empathetic of her pain. And I just think if, if, far more often we demonstrated empathy towards each other as humans right because very many times i may not relate to your experience of life i may not understand your experience but what i do understand is if this person says they're hurt if they say they're concerned if they say they're scared if they say they're sad because i have empathy and i've experienced those emotions as a human and i just think that makes us so much more relatable than concerning ourselves all the time with race with religion, with gender, uh, with socioeconomic status, that, hey, there's another human in front of me who feels the same emotions I feel. Even if the exact same experiences don't become the impetus for those emotions, we still feel. And Mm -hmm. as long as I understand that, then I can have compassion for my fellow human And that could change the way the world is in terms of, you know, so Mm -hmm. I just appreciate you sharing that. And I think that's a point I'd like people to walk away with is you didn't have to know the person to relate to them and have empathy and compassion for the pain they were feeling over losing a child, even if it was what we would describe in this as a wayward child. Because a lot of times all we do is place blame, well, it's your fault, he's dead what especially since you mentioned the father was experiencing his own issues. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that's what it means to be human. We all got some struggle or difficulty, you know? All right. So we're still there. We're there. We're riding around shotgun with the guy. This is the first half of the trip. Wow. So the second
1: half of the trip is more, um, more of the same, but in a different capacity. So, um, we go, we ended up going to a couple locations. One, in his hometown still right on the beach as a matter of fact but uh, the Indian Ocean but it's for uh like full-time disabled care for yeah. children oh. children only and you know I talked with Grace earlier like I had only experienced a certain one level with the special olympics right. this is like um a whole other level where like um you know my job was to move kids from one area to another area where they had like physical therapy. I don't know what, it, um, a girl, a little kind of young baby girl, no arms, yeah. just feet. Like, how do you figure out how to play with right, her and have right. fun? So I'm getting her, her foot like kicking in my face. I think universally kids just like beating up right, by right. Older, of older, course, older people, of course, you know, course. but, and then frustration kicks in I'm like, what do I do? Um, a girl uh, who had a girl who had no arms and no legs paint does paintings with her mouth wow. that are like next level um, and she spoke perfect English um, it's called Prithi is the name of the place wow. um, and the guy that I was with before I left orchestrated uh, a way that his wife and the family that I was staying with could bake a cake so they could cause they like tea there yeah. so they uh, we made a cake so that we could serve cake and tea to them right. like yeah. one of the last days prithi pura and, prithi pura p-r-i-t-h-i-p-u-r-a okay yeah okay. um and it's been there for a while and to see the people that work there yes. yeah yeah <laughs> and run that place yes man and what they endure with a smile on their face it gave it they, gave oh, you perspective man it gave you perspective with a smile on their face and they you know it's just yeah it's just you know um amazing to me and then i had a, a, an opportunity to go um to it was an all boys uh location i guess for you know troubled youth or something right. like that and when we pulled up uh it was just to make a donation to them or something when we pulled up there was a basketball hoop right so while the guy i was driving with went inside i started like a little line outside on you know dirt right. uh ground a little like uh, just getting him to be in a single file line was the most challenging part okay, okay. and just like almost like not a layup but a little shooting uh, line so they so they could show me uh, you know what what they could do right, right,
0: right. and and, uh, and that was no doubt validating to them that you would stop and do that and, right. uh, hey look allow me a chance to show you what I can do right right, right. and
1: and um, you know I, I, I want to say that most of the uh, just over and over again interacting with people most of the most of the, the, the determination was expressed through body language and right, facial expression, right, right. when my, you know, sincere like my eyes, my face is intense. Like I want them to focus. I'm not yeah. disappointed. I'm just like I'm. Yeah, I'm yeah. pulling for them. Right. It, it that body language, you know, it was. I believe it was felt and came across, yeah. and they um, responded. But because this man was involved in helping all the people that are less fortunate, it was like everywhere I went was like a miracle. He took me to like. A woman that he called like his goddaughter or something like that. She's blind, and uh, she, you know, I don't have that much interactions with the blind community, right. and so all this was learning. And she's like, as soon as I met her, she's like, "Oh, can we, uh, can we be Facebook friends?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Right. And she got on the phone, and you know, whatever she was doing, she was able to navigate. Look me up. We were like Facebook friends with connections like this, and and she couldn't see uh, her phone, so she did everything uh, through voice activation
0: on the phone. Right, right, right. Hey, it's humbling, huh? It's humbling.
1: But and her her goal and her job um, is she's a motivational speaker Mm. in her community. So like her, um, that's her livelihood. She's she wants to be a motivational speaker. She has a boyfriend only through online here in the states that they plan on getting together and getting married you know it's just like
0: it was that kind of trip how did that affect you how and the reason i ask that is this i went to peru for 10 days yeah i was already a very demanding person on the people around me i'm compassionate i'm empathetic but i'm very demanding Mm -hmm. because i was already that way then after i went to peru (laughs) and saw a different level of impoverishment, oh, yeah. but a different level of spirit behind people's energy to get up every day with a positive energy towards life, I came back home and was probably, you know, to be honest, a little less tolerant of any excuses from anyone around <laughs> me because I had gained a little bit more global perspective. Did your trip affect you at all? Or?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, of course it did. Like, but... <laughs> To your point, yeah, your perspective changes whenever you go to uh, uh, an impoverished area, like, and if on the planes, you know, you see an episode of the Kardashians or anything like that, you know, they're great people, but their lifestyle, and what they have, what they have compared to, uh, you know, um, you know, a couple of places I've been that I'm still connected with, uh, Haiti in particular, is is, you know, Sri Lanka is poor, but they're not, but they still have a commerce. They still have a banking system. They're, they're still, you know, they still have an economic system in place that kind of works, you know what I mean? So they're, they're, they're doing okay as far as what I've seen in other countries for sure. Um, but no, it's a life changing, um, trip and it, you know, it makes me think that whenever, i'm fortunate enough to go on any type of trip or vacation even right right it's like we need to carve out time right. to you know break up that trip right for some
0: altruistic right things as well you so know, you're not to just really looking at a the, well-rounded trip you're right? not just at all the tourist destinations you right. go try to see what's going on in the community yeah, and right. and that hasn't typically been my ammo, but it, it's what right. I plan. Right.
1: That's what I plan to do moving forward. I mean, gotcha. you can get the R and R, and but your soul needs that right. that
0: that reward as well. Of, hey, it's, it's edifying to the soul. There to, you go. To go experience that. Right. Yeah. Wow. Now, is that the entirety of the trip, or are we still not through the trip yet? Um,
1: you know, we're 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 still. I guess that's what what comes to mind. But it was like um. I knew it was going to be a special trip where the first place I stayed at, they put me in a hotel first, day they, they one, day two, oh, before okay. I stayed with the family members. Right. Um, because, you know, I just got there and I'm really jet lagged. And the hotel I'm staying at, and I, you know, only God knows why, I packed a crazy Swiss Army knife that I didn't even know I had at my house, right? Uh-huh so I packed this crazy swissar and I don't even like, why am I why they did let you, you
0: on the plane with that it,
1: it, was, it must have been a check in bag oh
0: okay well, man i yeah. get on there with us yeah. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't <laughs> right. gonna see me for three or four weeks why me, we figure it out see me
1: whittle out okay. whittle out no and um, so then uh, the next morning I get up and uh, I'm I'm eating mm-hmm. whatever and there's a there's a handicap guy that's uh, that's like a, a younger guy and he's like a custodian there And he's like, you know, he's cleaning and his arms limp or whatever. And, you know, I see him right away and I'm like, hey, what's up? His name's Alexander. Then, you know.
0: Shout outs to Alexander just by chance. If you ever hear this, (laughs) shout out, Alexander. (laughs)
1: Shout out. I know. I just, his name came to me. And then, so then the next day I leave, you know. And so before I, I, I left, it dawned on me like, you know, this will be a perfect gift yeah. for Alexander, the Swiss Army Knife, for what he does, but also for his dexterity with his hands.
0: Yes. You yes, know what I'm saying? Yes, to, yes, yes. You know, because it's a task that yeah. he can work at. Right. And,
1: and it's like, OK, this is going to be one of those trips where I don't need to try to make sense out of anything. Right, I just right. I just need to trust and, right. you know, um, do what's in front right. of me. And the I'm flow sure with the energy of the universe. Yeah. It happened last night. Did it? Know? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, um, where I, I ran into a woman in my city. You know, the the sad thing about here, San Fernando Valley in LA, is we don't have to go far to see people in need. You know, oh yeah, no, it, not like, at all. Not I just all. had to go to Rite Aid right. to get some Listerine. Yeah, yeah. and you go see. <laughs> and you know, there's a woman with like a, one eye that's damaged or whatever, and you know, she's rattling some stuff, whatever, and. And I had like a like a book, you know, that I, that I was gonna give her, whatever. And then she started saying, uh, "Do you have anything warm to wear? You have anything warm to wear, right?" I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I think I, I might. Let me check, right?" And then, you know, whatever, go in the trunk, and there's a, a like a lightweight jacket that fits her perfectly, right? Yeah. That's not the cool part. The cool part is, I took my son's car to go to Rite Aid last night. That has been parked on the street for like three weeks now. Okay. This is the first time I had driven this car. So just
0: by random chance? Beyond random. Okay.
1: In my car, I have nothing in there. Gotcha. At all. Gotcha. At all. Random. Drove this car there, and lo and behold, a jacket that fits him, that's smaller in stature, that fit the woman... Right. Like it was tailor fit. Gotcha. You know. Okay. And so it's like, okay, you know, like you said at the beginning, just as long as we're being used and chosen for purposes right. Right. that are good, that's the sign. Right. You know,
0: that's the sign that we're on the right path. And your son was okay when you came back home and gave his jacket away. He doesn't know this is a jacket
1: that is so buried and oh, stained still, okay, okay, okay. under trash. Yeah. Hey, but it was and her was, treasure. For oh, her. and it was yellow in color, which uh-huh. is good for like you know right. nighttime and safety. Gotcha. And it was, it fit to a T, man.
0: You know what's so crazy? You mentioned that too. So, uh, one thing about the clothes and one thing about um, well, let me say about the clothes first is this. I didn't grow up with a lot of options for clothes, right, I just didn't, um, and I didn't grow up, I thought I was poor. And in one sense, yes, but in one sense as I've gotten older and got perspective on what true poverty is, I realize that's not what we experience. Most people in this country don't know what true poverty is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even though there are impoverished people in the community and in this country. But that being said, so I didn't have a lot of clothes, so I wanted clothes so bad. And it kind of reminded me of some lyric in a Jay-Z song where he acknowledges, like, if you didn't grow up with something, you know you'd brag about having it now, right? So I wanted clothes so bad, especially where I'm from in upstate New York. Clothes are your social status. Mm-hmm. Not so much your vehicle, because you don't necessarily have to have a vehicle. You can get it's around immense. on public. Yeah, yeah, your clothes mean everything. Your clothes, Right? Because so, you can get around on public transportation. So that being said... Over time, I've acquired so much, Ryan, that I realize that now that I have it and I'm I'm happy, but my happiness is not dependent on that. And sometimes I, I almost feel I have to gauge, am I being truly responsible? And this is the irony of it. I most definitely haven't spent beyond my means or allocated inappropriate funds to the purchase of any material things, including clothes. And at the same time, I've been blessed with so much that I'm at a point where if I had to work past the. The poverty mentality of just having it. I'm happy to just have it, but now I don't want to wear it and anything happen to it Mm -hmm. to the point where like, man, if I can give some of my clothes away to someone to, I don't care if they didn't need it, but it was going to make them happy. Man, here, here, take this. Like, it's really not that important, but especially in a situation you described where someone can use it, right? Someone broke in my trunk one time and took my shoes. I wear a size 13, right? He left his old shoes and they were a size 8. And I'd have to say this. I was at least appreciative. He opened my car door and popped the trunk and didn't break my trunk, right? So the first thing that came to mind was like, dang it, I wish you just told me you needed some because I'd help you get the right size. Like you walking around with some shoes like huge on you, you know, but... That's like, a tough conversation yeah. to have though yeah. with somebody, right? Right. But just feeling blessed to... I'm not. I'm not held captive to the concept of owning some clothes. Now, if if it would benefit someone else, I'll be. I'd gladly part ways with it. Mm-hmm. Hey, the other thing you mentioned, though, that I thought was even more important is this: sometimes people want to do good, and they want to do something that's on their heart to do. But the truth is, even doing things that are perceived as positive takes courage sometimes. So, I was just appreciative that you acknowledged, like playing with the young lady, the little girl. Um, based on her disabilities, that was a little intimidating for you at first because it's like, time. well, how do I do it? Because there's those of us who would want to do it and express affection, uh, uh, express kindness through those type of behaviors, but it'd be an intimidating situation. So guess what we would do? We would not do it.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's very intimidating. Yeah.
0: So you, But you didn't allow it to paralyze you from doing it Right. in the end, and that was meaningful. Hey, can you do me a favor to because we missed it last time, mm-hmm. and it was just so important because it, it stayed on my mind, and Grace and I talked about it and just felt um, almost neglectful for not addressing it. What, what's the situation with the Special Olympics? What do you do with them?
1: You know what? It uh, it's, was only my first time, um, and I'm waiting for a season to come up again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, wintertime is floor hockey, so college okay. floor hockey, right? which is by far, like, um, under um, under the radar, like, secretly uh-huh. the best sport ever. Is like, that
0: the one in the gym, kind of, you nah, can play in the gym?
1: It's like a, a felt, but like a hockey puck. Okay, right, right, right. And you play, and so, but it's got like a donut hole in, in the middle, gotcha. a hole in the middle. Gotcha. And you, your stick is like a pool, kind of like a pool cue stick that holds it in the middle, oh. and that's how you navigate it and stick checking just like hockey it's secretly the it, okay okay don't sleep on it no watch I'm, this. I'm about to start a floor hockey league
0: okay it's, if you do one for men I'll play oh man I'm gonna be a little slow
1: but I'll play. But you can you can lack for your speed with you know okay. your brute force and stick checking. And now that. where
0: I'm from, okay, in Buffalo, hockey oh, is man. for real. Of course, so Favors. we grew up. Th- oh, you know some things about yeah. Buffalo, huh? Oh, thank you, because don't nobody else know. <laughs> hey, my brother watched. You know this. About the four
1: trips to the Super Bowl, I know about. That. Oh, don't bring yeah. that up
0: though, right? No, this was so crazy. Um, uh, shout out to Derek Holmes. I just ran into a wonderful guy, but he was a running back back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was after the four trips to the Super Bowl. Okay. right. But that being said, um. I was there and that's another thing about sports I always have to address in terms of that. That really affected me to watch my city go to a my city, go to a Super Bowl <laughs> four years in a row and lose. Bring that up, man. But this is why it affected me though. This is what blew my mind. Our lives as individuals living there, um, especially in the communities I was living in, was gonna be the same one way or another, win or lose but I would watch everybody sink into this depression Mm -hmm. for a period after Super Bowl. And it would strike me because I would wonder kind of like, okay, it's not good that we lost, but like, shoot, we depressed over this? Like, like, okay. And then it taught me like, really like, oh, the word fan is short for fanatic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it concerned me, like we don't want to be overly fanatical about sports to the point like you depressed because like your life was about to be the same. Did you get up and go to work today? It's not
1: serious, right?
0: Yeah, not at all. Like we got to keep moving forward. But then I began to understand and again, it translates to youth sports now, like, oh, this is the role sports plays in our society, and we can date this all the way back to Roman gladiators mm-hmm. and and it really began to help me understand the psyche of our existence, and therefore people have to keep that in mind when we begin the discussion on youth sports but um, what were you saying just now too about the Olympics that really oh real quick about the hockey, though, yeah, just so you know I got to put this out for everyone. I played hockey when we was young. Not on the ice, right. but we, during gym class in public schools, we would have the hockey sticks, and mm-hmm. we would have like a round ball, mm-hmm. and we'd had a nets, and you'd play it on the gym floor. And um, you know what? I, I don't know if I was any good then either, but I'm ready to relive it. So right. if you, if you started, right. I'm in. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's great. It's rewarding. And I'm volunteering B. Tanner, since he ain't here to speak for himself. B., I'm volunteering you to participate too. That's we'll go- figure it out. That's our goalie right there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least for practice. Yes. A, and B is physical. Yeah. So, B, we need you. We'll, a, we, you written in, so we'll we'll get you on contract or whatever. It's we'll kind get of it fun there. talking about Brian when
1: he's not here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Especially because he can't chime in. Right. There was a moment when you were talking that I was just about to say something about the food in his behalf, right? Just about to ask some random question <laughs> that B would ask. But, B, I felt like I don't want to step on your toes and, and step in your role, man, so we'll wait for you to get back. Yeah. Hey, hopefully you out there doing great. I saw your post about the uh travel ball, B, with the uh all-in training, all-in training with the premier prep. Get it done, B, get it done. That's right. Hey, Special Olympics, though. So you yeah. said it's, it's hockey time.
1: Yeah, winter. And that was the first time. The first time I I uh got an opportunity to coach with them was just this past uh, winter. Gotcha. And, 18. and then uh And then, I, you know, my desire... I think was to have an opportunity to coach basketball so that was the first sport that was open at the time so they could scope me out you know right all the other volunteer fall off right Right. whoever's consistently there and the training and stuff like that they they have a good job a very thorough training program and then waiting for basketball to start up and then so right as that season ended basketball started up and so I was able to then um, be an assistant coach for a guy as the head coach that like started started the Santa Clarita chapter back in 1996 gotcha, gotcha. you know and so um I'm not obviously reinventing the wheel I'm just humbly learning the ropes from him but at the end of the day it's uh you know it's 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 fun to start over and be the rookie guy right yeah yeah um That has to run all the practice, like drills, and you know, do all that stuff. And but really, it's just getting to know the fellows, getting to know the guys. Um, Not to sound cliche or corny or anything like that, but truthfully, it's physical or maybe whatever, mental, like the disability kind of aspect. It so quickly melted away from your psyche, your conscience. You're just like yeah you know they're they're most of these guys were ten times smarter than me right you know, and it's just uh you know not everyone can be out there dunking it's just a different level, right, a different right. club right, but right. still the same passion and love um for the sport of basketball um all of the aspects are there, the teamwork, the camaraderie um and for me, it's like i said uh, uh last time I think was i guess i it I view it as a progression of of coaching um uh basketball or just coaching in general, and that's how I view it, but like right. we stated a few times already this uh today was we're kind of chosen right and right. to to you know do purposeful
0: yeah. work yeah yeah
1: and I don't even like to call it work, you know but um it's it's an honor, and wow. I plan on continuing. And we're about to start up uh, those two sports again. And gotcha. then, and then how it ended was amazing. We we got gold. We went to the summer games um, in Long Beach at Cal State Long Beach. It was where everybody converges there. That's kind of like the crescendo when uh, and the summer games is where it's at, and they have all the different sports going on at the same time. Everyone's there um the opening ceremonies were awesome i have it like on my phone uh and then you know we went into the pyramid and uh went four and oh and got gold oh wow
0: oh congrats man okay that's what's up that's what's up that's what's up (laughs) yeah yeah
1: you know i I gotta kind of brag on it a little bit i'm you know now i wish i knew they did all the work but it was it was amazing trust me these these guys went out there these dudes went out there to their their focus was on getting gold. Like, hey, I feel like it if I
0: had known, I would have started the podcast no, out no. with gold medal winning coach, Ryan McDougall, <laughs> du- right? I would have went there with it initially, yeah. you know?
1: No, no, you know I wouldn't have liked that. But mm-hmm. um, but no, I mean, you know, they treasure it. And, uh, um, you know, we got this one guy on our team that's just next level. And we're in a, There was different levels for it. Right. The, like the the highest level right. these guys can hoop right. I mean they can hoop
0: they can go huh oh they can go they can go
1: yeah I think what's and, amazing and oh go ahead, go rough. go no and trust me they're you're physical just,
0: yeah you're, they're very physical oh, okay okay hey look if I came and played <laughs> take a break on a brother man You'd get take worked. a break
1: you would get
0: hurt hey I'm forty seven hey, a lot of you... hey take a break on a brother I'm just there for entertainment right. and to stay healthy don't send me home hurt I think what I find amazing about um, my interactions even with my students Um, who have any form of disability. I think sometimes people don't see the genius in someone's ability to exist and live productively in society, especially with a disability or especially when I know, and I mean disability on any level too, especially like, okay, well, I have to contend with my characteristics that I I am living with and still function in a world that caters to yours. So mm-hmm. I just find that to be so right. amazing and a genius to it that demands a level of respect that I has often made me think like, Well, who who truly is smart? You know, how right. do we how do we really uh, measure what's the barometer for being smart and intelligent when look at the intelligence it requires to technically be different and fit into a society that tries to force everyone to conform to this small window of norms. So and like what excuse know, do amazing. we have?
1: What excuse do we have to be, none. to be mediocre, none, right? Like, none. You know, like, and, and
0: watch this. This was so crazy too. Mediocre and effort and energy. Cause I really let students know your greatness is only defined by you. It's only defined by your awareness of really whether you gave an amazing effort to whatever you're doing. So it's not really defined, but by, by anyone else. So what excuse do you have to give a mediocre effort to something? You don't have any, you don't have any, I I think what's remarkable is how you described a gentleman in Sri Lanka and the irony is the reason you see that in him, even if you're not consciously aware, is because as much as you described him a certain way, as we discuss you, your behaviors mirror that same pattern. You're always engaged in some sense of um, um, service to the community. And I like how you said, you mentioned it's not work, but at the end of the day, Ryan, as I sit across from you, um, you know, there's a certain level of respect and admiration. And, you know, I'm 47, so I get to be emotionally sensitive yeah, now. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Is this, I'm in touch with your... I, I moved to emotion, my brother, because you're sitting across from me with energy. But also, I know this is the like midway point of a long day for you and you're tired, but you still bring yourself here. To contribute whatever you can, and that's just really an honorable quality, my brother. Because you know, I just want to be that.
1: on the front end of the King Talk podcast before hey, it takes I off. You, you I know, so you. I can just be down by association hey, with King Talk. Because hey, you guys are doing big things for sure. We're trying. I'm trying. I mean, it's gonna, ha- you know. Hey, this but this was the
0: cool thing is though. Right now, sharing this with you earlier. This is the positive. Is this as we begin to wrap it up? Is is solely for the intent of doing it. Like, for me, this is the real cool thing about life, is this, I have no agenda. So I am so blessed. When I say blessed, like, I could not have imagined in a million years my life would be what it is. Um, You know, it's still a job for me, but I'm so appreciative to this educational institution. Mm -hmm. I don't just work at Pierce College. I love Pierce College. Mm I have a sense of, self-efficacy tied into it, right? So I want to do things that really um, demonstrate my regard for the institution. And even though I'm not always advertising it, you know, I do have a regard for it and what it's offered to me. So therefore, guess what I have to do? I have a responsibility. And again, I use the name Jehovah. I'm not affiliated with any religion, but I use the name Jehovah to identify my higher power in the universe. But I am so blessed that I have to honor the institution that takes care of me and let students know, hey, this school is here. If you need to come here and be in my presence to help facilitate your athletic journey or academic journey or anything in terms of your life endeavors, right? I need to honor the creator, my higher power and expressing my gratitude for all that's been done for me. And it would just be irresponsible. It would be neglectful Because I I don't like to talk about it, really. To be honest, I don't like talking about certain things. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be quiet, Mm -hmm. enjoy my life in silence and move in the shadows of of a quiet existence. But I almost feel like if I leave this earth that way, how selfish would I have been when this amazing life has been afforded to me and I'm supposed to go tell other people. Because, again, I'm going to use the term you just used. It sounds so cliché. But I've learned that being of service has improved my life exponentially. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if the universe says like, you know what, you're more valuable to me now because you're helping others. So I'm gonna sustain you and I'm going to increase everything you have exponentially and allow you to prosper because somehow you're disseminating that to others, whether it's in the form of information or actually taking my resources and being like, hey, now, like even with my students, I can't give things to athletes because they're athletes, because that's you know violation of NCAA guidelines to give things to people because they're athletes. But what I can do is give things to anyone that I would give to everyone, based on just being right. a human. So I love just taking my shoes and stuff and the stew. It, it blows people's mind when they be like, "Oh, uh, Miss Rosen, I love your shoes. Those are nice." Shoes. I be like, "You you, you love them." I'm like, oh, here, hold on. Take these. What size you wear? You wear my size? Oh, here, you can have them. And and they'll be looking at you like, no, 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 I don't want you. No, did they? Will this make you happy? Is this? OK, so do this for me now. Make sure you give something to someone else or take care of someone else or when you prosper or benefit or even in terms of my students, my eating behaviors. I really, you know, I've done a lot to my body in the past with my history of of. Indiscretions, right? Mm -hmm. So even now, just watching other students observe how I eat and be like, I'm gonna eat like you eat. It, oh man, it reminds me of the sense of responsibility like, oh, people watching everything I'm doing and I'm blessed. But it also causes me to know, like, okay, dang it, you have a responsibility.
1: Well, these kids, they want somebody that is not judgmental, and that's what you're giving them. You're giving them uh, a a role model, someone to talk to someone without knowing your day to day, just, you know, intuitively, I'd like to say that, um, you know, the reason why some of these kids are committing suicide is because they feel like they're being judged, you know, by people and they need, they need adults in their life that are not judgmental and will just be accepting you know and there can't be enough uh adults or figures in their life that do that and it sounds like you're one of those people in this institution um and you know that that's something that you probably don't realize that you're you're doing for kids that are that vulnerable at this age but you know
0: you're not, being, you're not judging them. And know? I have no space to judge them because Ryan <laughs> I mean. and world out there, I have been judged by an actual judge before because <laughs> right. of the situations I've put myself in. That being said, Ryan, watch this. I appreciate you because all that being said is still, just so you know, there's still some level of intimidation to sit in your presence because of who you are. And I appreciate you, my brother. Thanks Thank for making you, I time for us. Thank you. Cool. Always, always, cool. Man. always. Hey, there you have it, people. That's a wrap. You just witnessed two kings talking. Thank you for tuning into to King Talk. Hope to see you next time. Or am I really seeing you? Or hearing? No, I guess I ain't hearing you. You hearing me. But we'll end on that note. We're out.